Hey Divas, this episode is kind of fun. One of my Catholic coach buddies, Jeff Fortman, is actually interviewing me. So come on into the podcast and hear all of his questions. Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity Podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. Welcome back, Catholic Divas. I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. And I have a very special guest. His name is Jeff Fortman, and he is one of the original Catholic coaches. As you know, I'm a certified coach through Metanoia Catholic, and he was in a class before me that really kind of created this whole Catholic coaching certification and everything. Jeff and I were speaking a few weeks ago when I got certified back in October. And it has been his mission to introduce all of the new certified Catholic coaches into our own Catholic coaching community. So he reached out to me and invited me to be interviewed for the other coaches. And it was such a beautiful experience. And so I have actually asked him to do something different. Instead of me interviewing him, he is going to interview me. Before I pass you the stick there, Jeff, I just want to ask you, is there anything else that you would like our audience to know? You are a a Metanoia Catholic coach that is on the 20-minute free calls when anyone joins Metanoia Catholic Academy. Do you have a specific time slot that you have? Thank you, Mama Jane. Yes. So Tuesdays between 2 and 3 p.m. have been regularly the hour that uh, I've been able to participate in. Uh, And it's just been an amazing blessing, right? You see all sorts of uh, people in different like parts of their journey, being able to reach out, say, this is what I think I need. or I, I don't even know what I need. And just being able to participate as a tool of the Lord uh, in order to help facilitate these people's healing or just give them something that motivates them and moves them forward. And so it's been a really beautiful, it's really been kind of a gentle process. Uh, and I, I recognize my own niche group, it's still in development, but we homeschool. I have a bunch of that run around the house and I, I practice this regularly with them and kind of like share it off with the community whenever that, whenever I have the opportunity, but that's basically the introduction I want to give myself. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for doing this. So I'm going to just hand the stick over to you and you take it away. All right. I got the stick, metaphorical stick. So Mama Jane, it was such a pleasure meeting you the first time. And we, we kind of covered a couple of these questions, but for the audience, especially the audience that you intend, I'd love to ask you, why did you choose to become a certified Catholic mindset coach? I love that question. I, I could talk about this all day. So I'm a Billings instructor, and I used to work at a pregnancy center. I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit just to see the big picture. So when I was introduced to Humana Vitae and natural family planning, that literally totally changed my whole life. And so for 37 years, I've always been a promoter for natural family planning. In my mind, it's like my litmus test. And then in 2018, is when I decided that I needed to get trained as a Billings instructor. We didn't have enough instructors in our diocese, and I just felt like it was just so necessary. 
because my husband and I had been marriage prep ministry for seven years. So then I co-partnered with this pregnancy center, and then they hired me as the fertility awareness coordinator. And what I found was overcoming the thoughts and the opinions and the uncertainty. And then, of course, also a lot of the emotions as a pregnancy center that's just part of the course, right, is that many women are coming because they're afraid that they are actually pregnant. They don't know what they're going to do. But what I was finding is that we actually created a protocol that when a woman had a negative pregnancy test, then they actually came and spoke to me as the fertility awareness. And then I would speak to them about contraception and all of the things. But again, it was the mindset. It was how to talk thoughts and ideas. So that was one part of it. And then the second part was before that, I had always had a side gig. I like you, homeschooled for 18 years. And I always had a side direct sale business. And anytime you're doing entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is all about mindset because you might be the best in your craft, but unless you have the correct mindset, and I even heard, oh, now I can't even think of his name, Phillips, the swimmer, I'm having a mind blank. Anyway, he won five gold medals in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And right. he, he tells the story, I was listening to his story and he talked about how his coach would have him listen to tapes and he would visualize every stroke, every single stroke, like he visualized it. So I've always understood that the brain and our mental capacity is so important. And then I found Metanoia Catholic and it put the two together because Unfortunately, in a lot of the industry of mindset, the personal development industry, while they acknowledge that we are mind, body, soul, they have forgotten that there is one creator and he has created a, you in his image and likeness. And so when I found Metanoia Catholic, I literally was jumping up and down and praising God because this was the answer. It was fully Catholic. It had all of the the fullness of the truth, grounded in our catechism, grounded in Thomas Aquinas. And it was so delightful to discover that the Catholic Church, the, the doctrines and the dogmas of the Catholic Church is not against, it actually promotes mindset, understanding. And with scripture, it's kind of one of the things like for me in my own journey, coming back to the faith, I had read in Romans, St. Paul talks about putting on the mind of Christ. And that's where I consciously, I remember 37 years ago, understanding like, I don't know the mind of Christ. How do I find the mind of Christ? Well, the Catholic Church teaches it. So everything I willfully submitted to the Catholic Church and, but I would, then I would kind of go deeper. And now I've discovered later with my strengths that make sense because I, my, my number one Clifton strength is, is learner. And my number three strength is input. So I have to get a lot. I had a conversation on this podcast about purgatory on All Souls Day. I didn't understand that doctrine. I accepted it because the Catholic Church said it was true. And then I did my own investigation. And the more I investigated and the more I read the saints and the doctors, I'm just jumping up and down saying, oh my goodness, why doesn't everybody know this? And that's how I felt when I join Metanoia Catholic for the first time. And I just knew I needed to be a certified Catholic coach because 
this was an added tool that I can bring to my clients that when I'm looking at their chart, whether they're trying to conceive or trying to wait or a single woman who just wants to know about her cycle and, and the health issues, they have so much mind thoughts about their bodies, their capability of charting, what other people have told them. I had a client who came to me who's trying to get pregnant and she said, well, my doctor said I'm low progesterone. And I was like, how do you know that? What's the number? When did she test that? She had no idea. So we've discovered, and she has a very healthy cycle. I'm like, you have a very, very healthy cycle. You have all the parameters. You don't have low progesterone. I don't know why she said that. I don't know when she took that blood test because there are certain times that you will have low progesterone. Anyway, it's just so much of the mind, what our thoughts are about our own bodies, about who we are. And that's also my own journey as well, is that I've had to overcome with a lot of that stuff. So it just made sense. Wow. 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 Okay. So I'm going to try to give like a, a minor recap on what I heard uh, is that you went from like kind of being uh, in a pregnancy center and then you're like kind of into a billing structure back in 2018 and you used NFP as kind of a litmus test for like if this is a person um, that can you expand a little bit on the litmus test portion? So during my journey, I, my husband was military and, and, you know, we homeschooled. So we lived all over the place. And so it just changed the conversation if you had another couple that was actually practicing natural family planning. And it also changed the conversation if you had a, a, a priest that really believed in natural family planning. And that was, uh, that. that's okay. what I'm saying. It's like, it, that's the limit. Okay. Yeah, that's the limit. Yeah. So like, what yeah, do you... Because it's not real unless it costs sacrifice. Love is sacrifice. And, and this, is, this is definitely something that would impact any couple's life. In, in a way that like in holy obedience, right? Like maybe you don't understand, maybe you're not even comfortable with like what or the, the sacrifice that's being asked of you, but like, are you willing, I guess, are you willing to, to conform your life to what, what the church teaches is, is kind of your human dignity and then learn about it? Or, or, or are you going to say, no, I'm going to do it my way, right? Well, like there's a depth that kind of comes with that sacrifice and kind of like, say, oh, look, you're an intentional disciple. Okay. Well, maybe you don't have that language, but uh, that's kind of what I, I heard out of your story. That, I love it. Yes, yes. That was really what I've always thought is I had such a profound experience with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, very young as a seventh grader. And and so my journey has always been like, that's always my question. How do you know Jesus and do you love him and do you desire to follow him? And that's how I have found friends and chosen the ministries that I want to serve. And the priests that I follow is like, how much are you in love with Jesus? And that's what I'm saying is that I could see the difference between a couple who was contracepting and was quote unquote Catholic, as opposed to a couple that was practicing natural family planning and was open to life. And it was just such a depth in their faith. And so that's what I'm saying. It was the litmus test that it was like, wow, if I have to choose who do, how, who do I want to be? Like, I want to be all in. That's just kind of who I am. I'm like, I want to be all in. Are you all in as well? And if you're not, I mean, we get to evangelize and we get to share and, and explain and and hopefully bring them to the Lord and so that they can repent and, and convert. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't understand this, why are you in this ministry or why are you... Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that's what right, I'm saying absolutely. is the litmus test. There that's were... a beautiful piece, yeah. Because there's like intellectual formation and then there's like human formation, right? And so like 
in the human formation category, right? Like to say like, no, I, I live this, like this is a part of, like I've, I've integrated this into my, 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 even my everyday life. And that's just a beautiful place to be. Yeah. So what I kind of like to, to double down on, right, is that what I understand you to say is that like through NFP and through the Billings Instructor uh, Program and through mindset coaching, especially, um, you're able to help women that are like kind of struggling, like either uh, understanding their fertility or managing their fertility or uh, anything kind of around like that women's health care sort of aspect. Um, and especially with all of the thoughts and emotions and judgments that kind of come along with that um, by giving them by one, giving them knowledge, but also helping them kind of sort through, like side by side, like kind of that accompaniment uh, through the different ideas and through the different thoughts and even the emotions that drive them uh, to really empower them to their own God-given dignity and like their position uh, that they have in the world. Did I get that right? You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. That's exactly right. And to kind of expand that is that our, our cycle is so important. It's why I I named this podcast Cycles and Sanctity because our cycle is our womanhood. And we know as Catholics that the enemy hates women, just hates women. And yet it's through our womanhood that we can become saints. And that's why I can't dissect our relationship with Christ with our own bodies, with our own mindset. It's all one to me. The beautiful thing that when I was in our coaching program, it was kind of explained to me that when you have a pathological mental illness, then you need a therapist. And it's a good and holy thing to have a spiritual director for your soul. But Catholic coaching is in the middle. Because we talk about the human formation through our thoughts and then and our emotions, and then our choice of what we should do or or not do, and be able to have that trajectory of where's the good fruit. And that simple thing has helped me personally and has helped me counsel and and share and just pour into other people so that they can understand where did they get to. Why are they here at this fruit? Why is, why is their life bearing this type of fruit? And most of us look at the circumstance, the fruit of our life, right? The, the circumstance in our life and blame the circumstance rather than go backwards and see, oh, I have this faulty thought. And it was a condemning thought because it's the enemy attacking me, right? And so one of the reasons why I call my company Wisdom Wellness Coaching is because I, I joke and say I'm the wise old woman of the village, mainly because I've experienced it. And I, many of my clients have come to me and say, I, I've listened to your podcast and like, I, you know, you know what I'm, I, I don't have fear that I can bear my soul with you because you've experienced or at least had some sort of compassion. And that's such a beautiful gift is that. I'm just one step farther than you. And yes, I know, I know, girlfriend, I know exactly what that feels like, you know, <laughs> which is a gift, right? And, and that's what, yeah. that's what St. Paul talks about, right? Of like the reason why the Lord gives us these sufferings is so that then we can be compassionate to others. Yeah. That's such a, thank you so much for that. That's actually very, that's a beautiful way for people to be able to kind of find like how you got into involved in this ministry. 
I'm going to pause. Maybe I'll yeah. pivot to the second question. What was the biggest takeaway from the certification process that you got, given your background? Mm. For me, one of the insights that I had about myself is that I thrive on competency and mastery. It really kind of brought up memories of of me wanting to do things and then like, I want to do it again because I want to get better at it. So I loved the fact that we actually had drills and we actually practiced with each other. And because of that, we created that community. And I have certain friends of the Catholic coaching world that I can text or message like, hey, I need some coaching right now. Do you have a minute or whatever? And vice versa. And that is huge because I really believe every single human being should have a coach, would benefit to have a coach. And we as as Catholic coaches need coaching as well, right? And so it's a reciprocal thing. But the other thing I would say, like my biggest takeaway is the love of the catechism and, and Thomas Aquinas, because that workbook that we had was so beautiful and just listening to each of the lessons. I love the fact that we are so grounded in our Catholic faith. It just gave me such hope and such, it gave me also words to express because while the Catholic church always had this, I didn't know that this was something in our catechism. Like I hadn't really delved into the whole passions aspect. And we talk about that emotions and things, antecedent emotions and consequential emotions. Just that those words just make sense. So it gave me great empowerment for my own self, great confidence. What I was searching for is competence and confidence. And now that I have competence and confidence, I know I can serve others to pour into them to have competence and confidence. Uh, yeah. That's such a beautiful piece as well, competence and confidence. You don't want just one or the other, right? Like if you, if you know the answers, but you're not very comfortable in sharing the answers, then I mean, how, how is that going to like, how's that going to take root in somebody else's life? And even worse off would be like, trust me, I'm in control and you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's actually probably even more toxic, right? Um, and that's, I think that's one of the dangers that we like can see in ungodly self-reliance. If, if we're making up our own answer, we're like, no, like I could, make up whatever truth you want right this is the truth you you do you girl right like that, that could become very i want to say narcissistic but it becomes like, it shrinks the world back into like a tiny a tiny tiny place of not self-gift but rather really like kind of like a uh focus mm -hmm. um, can be kind of toxic actually can be really hurtful so one of the things that i noticed when you were talking about competency and mastery especially in the drills program right is like when you were talking about two like having a almost like a small group right because that's what you're describing as a small group when you're going through the drill drill patterns and then you're kind of developing friendships that align with this. It's how the, the Lord, when he sent disciples out, he sent them two by two, right? Nobody went alone. Right. Alone's a terrible place. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy for suffering to smack you in the face and then bloop, you fall apart. And if you're by yourself, you can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. It just doesn't work like that, right? Um, but having another person be like, no, listen, like, we'll just hold space here for a second, right? Let's pull this back together. This is not a substitute for confession. This is not a substitute for spiritual direction. This is a bridge to really allow somebody to develop that human aspect of them in relationship with other people and in, in relationship with the kind of the, the circumstances that, that 
that they serve in as well, um, which I, I think is such a, an absolutely amazing gift. And then having it rooted in our Catholic faith, in our Catholic tradition, means that nothing that we're talking about here is, is necessarily going to just be expanding into a new area where we're like, oh, well, we're kind of combining new age stuff. Like, no, 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 we've got the truth. You don't like that stuff. Anything that you have that's good inside that stuff is already in here. And if it's not in here, it's not in here for a reason. We can just ask the questions. Why is this not in here? Oh, there's their answer, right? Like, we can just reject what is evil, right? Test every, every spirit, like only retain what is good. Thank you so much for that. Did you want to add anything to that? You know, just one thing about you had talked about creating the space, right? Like I say, like almost our secret sauce as coaches is that's really one of the things that we do for our clients is create that space. And I, I have this memory of a group coaching, which seems to be sometimes vulnerable, right? Because you've got anywhere between 10 and, and 40 people on a Zoom call. But this one particular coach was coaching me and I was in a really horrible space. I mean, I have just been healed so much through this process myself. And I literally was just like that kind of crying. And I just was like, kept apologizing that I just was losing it. Cause, and, and this coach who, who happened to be male, he was so gentle and he just said, mama Jane, thank you for your vulnerability. This is a gift. And he was so gentle. And it was just because, because of course, my thoughts about myself, about how I was reacting was so judgmental. Like you shouldn't act this way. You shouldn't be crying. You you're losing it. Like all of this stuff was in my head about how, and yet I couldn't help it because I'm a sanguine. Like when I cry, I cry. And that's, it's part of my, my own self-acceptance is that when I was little, I, I heard the phrase, you know, you, you wear your emotions on your sleeve. And it was, it was kind of always frustrating to me. Cause I, yeah, you're right. I, my husband says, you could never pay, play poker because we can read your face, you know? <laughs> But at the same time, that's a kind of a good thing because like, if you know, if I like you, you're going to know I like you. And if you, you know, like I'm, I have no duplicity, but this, this moment, this, this coaching moment, like I said, it was, I mean, I was, like I said, I was blowing my nose and everything, but with his, he created that space and he honored my vulnerability and he just really loved me through it that towards the end, I quit saying, I'm sorry. And it's one of those things for me as a child, I remember always apologizing for who I was or what I did. And it's one of those things that I notice now with others when they just continually apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, wow, I really want to help this woman or this man, but it's usually women mostly that apologize profusely for who they are or what they do because somewhere in their brain, they have some sort of thought of sort of variation of I'm not enough or they're mm. judging themselves. Right. Mm. And I can hear it now. I can hear it. And the great thing about the drills and a great thing about the certifications. Now I have the tools to help another person in that regard. And, and I, and I love it. I, I, I thrive on it. I just, it's, it's like a glory story. 
it's that brokenness that the Lord loves to go into, which is the mystery of Christian life. I've said a number of times, there's a wonderful book by Father Gallagher. It's a retreat. It's called Consoling the Heart of Jesus. And it's a three-day at-home retreat that you can do anytime. And one of the sentences that literally changed my life was he says, he writes there, it brings Jesus great joy when we allow him to be our savior. And the only way for us to allow him to be our savior is to bring him our sins, to be vulnerable to him and say, this is what, this is the junk that I'm holding on to. This is the closet that has all the lies and all the things, and you can please come in and clean it up. And that is exactly what this one coach did for me was he just created this space and he saw the beauty in the vulnerability as opposed to me who was judging myself because I was crying, because I was, you know, a hot mess. And all he did is see the beauty in it. And that, that one coaching, like I said, it just brings back such a beautiful memory for me because there was such love. And that's, to me, that's like, when I think about how I want to coach, that's how, like, that's, that's the competency that I want to bring to the table is, first of all, now I know as a coach that when we do cry, when tears do come, it just is a sign that the vulnerability is there and that we've actually landed on something that's really, really important. So we are in a sacred space. Yeah. But again that's an important place to have like a solid Catholic foundation because if you're going to be walking on sacred dirt, you got to be careful, right? Like there's things that that are very, well, they're they're very tender there. And you can't just be like, listen, lady, I've got a hammer. We're going to just fix all these things here for you. right? Like you do a lot more, a lot more bruising interiorly. Um, And there's a lot of broken people uh, interiorly that don't want to open up into that vulnerability space because they're, because they've got a history of being hurt or just a fear of being hurt, right? So like kind of what you described there was having like really powerful emotions. We'll call them negative emotions, but they're very emotions that kind of resulting in hurt. And then having judgment, you've got these judgments about yourself. I shouldn't be acting like this. This is inappropriate. And it just leads to more of the same emotion. So you're caught in a, you're kind of caught, caught in a whirlpool, right? Like you've kind of got this like black, I don't call it black sun effect, but you're definitely like black holing, like closer and tighter and tighter and tighter. And really, you can't save yourself from that, right? Like, there's not, you don't just pop in tapes and like feel good about it, right? It's like that, that high five, I'm drowning, bloop, and you're down, right? Like, that's not positive, positive psychology isn't the tool to, to reach a person in that. But like, instead, what you're describing is love embracing suffering. And that's my favorite definition for the word mercy is love embracing suffering. So what I kind of hear out of your story is really how you're able to, to act as a vessel of that mercy, of God's mercy, because it's already happened to you. You've experienced a transformation and you're more sensitive to somebody else who's kind of stuck in similar patterns. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. You just, again, hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And it's really interesting about mercy and about judgment, right? Because I have a dear friend who's known me for a long time and we can, in our own conversion stories, this has to be right and this has to be wrong and and the judgments of of sin and you have to do it this way. 
and so part of my own journey I've realized is that my family of origin came with lots of judgments, lots of judgments, because there was lots of wounds. And mm -hmm. so I, in my younger years, was very judgmental, very judgmental about myself, very judgmental about, I mean, about all the things. And yet now in my older years, it's softened. And I, I have a, a listener who has said, she hears the mercy. She reached out to me. I don't remember which podcast it was. And she just said, wow, there was so much mercy in your voice. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's you. Because that just shows me my own growth, my own journey with him. Because as a young person, from where I came from, this is what I was taught and this is how I behave. But through journeying with our Lord and healing with our Lord, I'm now at a place where, like you said, mercy. Would you say that again? Because I, I really want to write that down. That is such a beautiful Absolutely, definition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so actually, I, I, I borrowed it from somewhere else. Right? I learned it during the year of mercy, which is a couple of years back. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, mercy is love embracing suffering. Mm. I think I learned it during divine mercy, right? In which, like, mm -hmm. we're talking about Jesus's love from the cross, embracing our human suffering. And so, like, how it went all the way down to the, the absolute depths of the human soul, right? Like, there's there's no limit to God's mercy. And, and yeah, like, I, when I think about this, like, even from kind of like a pragmatic way, I don't have to be the source of that mercy. Like, I don't have to experience compassion burnout. I don't have to, like, necessarily be, like, I don't have to have all the answers, right? The Lord can do so much with so very little, right? Like, five loaves, two fishes type stuff. He could do so much with so little, um, with just that little bit of a yes, with that little bit of a yes to reach people desperately need that help, but don't even have the language to know how to ask. Yeah, that's so interesting. In one of the earlier podcasts this month, I've been going through perimenopausal phase of a woman's cycle, and that can be a very, lots of changes and lots of confusion and things come up during that time. And one of the things I was sharing is a book that I had read by Father Scalia called Nothing Will Be Wasted. I think that's the name of the book. But it, it's it's the the story of the five loaves and the, the two fish, right? The feeding of the 5,000. But after everyone, it, it it talks about in the gospel, after everyone was had eaten, our Lord said to the disciples, gather the fragments that nothing will be wasted. And that's really kind of what I had talked about is like many times during perimenopausal phase, of our of our journey of our as women, we see all these fragments of our life, this brokenness. Our 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 health is broken, depending on where we are with our marriages, you know, our relationships, our children are like teenagers or young 20-somethings, and all of a sudden we don't even know what's going on. You know, maybe something at work. Just there's so many fragments of our life. And we feel so broken, but our Lord says, bring the fragments to me and let nothing be wasted. And that's that was part of my journey that I had talked about in that podcast episode. That's literally what I said to the Lord. You're not going to waste anything? Okay, here, here's this fragment. Here's this broken piece. And that is what I keep, since I read that book back in, I don't know, 20, 2017. And that really changed my own life and my own thought pattern of like, nothing will be wasted. You know, Jane, trust me, 
Nothing is wasted. Bring that to me. Bring this brokenness to me. And it's the mercy Mm -hmm. is love embracing suffering. Because I was, I was suffering so much in so many different ways. And yet the Lord's not afraid. That's the mystery of it. Is the Lord's not afraid to go to the, the nth degree, right? He was sleeping in the boat when they're in the storm. And Peter, who is a master fisherman, says, Lord, save us. We're about to die. Yeah. Can we pause there for just a second, right? Like, like some of the stuff that you said there was just really profound. And I want to like sit on it for a minute. When you're describing a woman that's traveling through perimenopausal, like, like these sorts of areas, right? Like there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of, it kind of like highlights even more so, right? Like a change in her life that she doesn't have control over. And in fear, we clutch for control, right? Like that's, that's a very no- normal, natural, post-broken world, like result line, like we clutch for control. And also how in a world that's closed off to life, we really value women based upon attributes rather than who they are as an actual person, right? This is kind of a cultural thing that I, I'm not going to speak in, in language that people aren't even aware of already, but like I heard it on a TOB thing. It's like, it's the difference between seeing and knowing. Seeing is it's reducing a person to their characteristics. If there's somebody younger or they're prettier or they have redder hair or they, they're better, they're more skilled, whatever, whatever you have, whatever you do, whatever other people say about you, right? Like that ultimately like boils you back down to those three identity sort of like layers. Um, and in a perimenopausal world or for a woman, uh, I don't have the youth that I used to have. I don't have the body that I used to have. I don't have, like, I don't even just have the capacity to move around the way that I used to have. Maybe I don't even like have control over the emotions that I'm normally having, right? Like my mind, maybe it feels a little more fuzzy or, or whatever. I don't think that my best days are ahead of me anymore. I think I've left with a bunch of little, well, if we're using the, the five loaves, two fishes, I think I got a bunch of like tails and heads of fish left here. There's not a whole lot of, of, of value left in, in living. And that's a place of despair. That's mm-hmm. a really scary place to be. And and in order to be able to meet people where they're at, you have to be able to hold space, which is a skill set that only I think like 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 Catholic coaching uh, equips you to do. And then you have to be able to draw in one on your own experience, which is subjective, but then also like help them understand like this is the story, this is the language of what's going on inside of me, which is their subjective experience, right? And then third most important, but like it needs to have the other two, you have to be able to draw in the Lord's experience, right? And that's like, I, I know that we talked about this on a separate separate interview, it's really like the repentance and renouncing and like inviting the Lord in into, into that space so that he can heal what no other person can touch. Yes, absolutely. And again, that's really kind of the secret sauce of the Catholic mindset coaching is that we are not coaches on our own. We are always inviting the Holy Spirit and and our Lord Jesus Christ to be there, really to take over the coaching, right? Like we're just that almost like a tour guide. <laughs> like when I was at the pregnancy center, because even though we were we had a Catholic culture, we weren't Catholic in name only, so that there were many times I would be teaching a class with atheists. And I would always ask them, like kind of just a just a 
find the room, who's Catholic, who's Christian, who's not, where's your spirituality, right? And there are many times I would, they were like, yeah, I, I don't. Okay. And so what I would say is, don't worry about it. You are the masterpiece. And I happen to know the master painter. And I'm going to tell you how he created you. You don't have to know him. I know him. And, you know, and that's all it is. So it's like this tour guide, right? It's like, look, you may not know Jesus as well as I do, but I'm going to invite him in. We're going to invite him in and I'm going to introduce you to him. And he's the one that's going to be, I, I can't, I can't heal you. I can't, I, I can maybe give you some, some tips and tricks that I've learned through him, but he's the, cha- the Holy Spirit's the change agent. And that's, that is the difference I find with Catholic coaching. And, and it's also one thing you going back to one of the questions you asked about, about my certification. One of the, I don't even remember which video, but I wrote it down on my computer because I thought this is so important. Erin Ingold said, one of her intentions is always, I will not allow my clients to believe any lies or walk away from the coaching session with a lie. And so she talks about like, our job as Catholic coaches is to kind of discern those lies, pull those lies out of her, their thoughts and expose them. Because who's the father of lies? It's not our Lord. Our Lord is the mm-hmm. fullness of the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. So anything that's not of him, how beautiful is that? Oh, <laughs> it's true, good, and beautiful, right? So if it's true, it's also beautiful. The other, the other thing that, that kind of like strikes me is that everything, that's, everything that rises must converge, right? Like everything that's like, the truth is what sets you free, right? It's not, not tell yourself a bunch of feel-good lies and and just go like wander off into the matrix somewhere. It's actually like being grounded in reality, but the reality, like the depths of that reality, right? You can't like necessarily look at the people around you to give you that reality. They're, they're having a bunch of subjective experiences as well in a broken world. You have to either look at saints, like St. Catherine of Siena or St. Francis, or you have to look at the Lord himself, right? Because all they're doing is reflecting his glory anyway, right? They're kind of like a window pane, like in, in a stained glass window. And that truth is, is of how much God loves you, right? Like your identity being staked basically in the love that the Father has for you. And from that, from that place of, of actually being able to experience the Father's love or removing the obstacles to the Father's love and helping another person with that, I think that that's really where we see the most changes, right? That the most power, the most capacity for changing a human person who may be stuck, right? Especially stuck dealing with circumstances that that they didn't really want and they recognize yeah this is natural or yeah this is normal and yeah i should probably just like i should just stop sobbing and just kind of get over it but i can't so yeah thank you so much for that is there anything else that you kind of want to touch on in our time together i know that we're kind of running out yeah i really appreciate you taking the time to interview me because i I really just have this desire to share with others who i am and how i can serve them because that's really what it is is the bottom line is like i'm just here to serve others So if I can be the tool that the Lord uses to help you in your journey to one step closer, then hallelujah, then I've done my job. So I do private coaching right now. I have a package for those who are in their cycle still. We talk about billings and then we also talk about mindset. And for those who are maybe perimenopausal or postmenopausal, 
that don't have a cycle, that's that's not really important, that really just need the Catholic coaching aspect of it. I also have a program for that too. So I just really have a desire to work with women side by side at this moment. I love the intimacy of one-to-one coaching and I love to see the breakthroughs. That gives me the joy. That gives me the joy. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You've used me as a vessel to help this person draw closer to you. That's what I'm here for. And if I can help another woman understand her cycle, then that's awesome. So thank you. Where can people find you? I assume that like a lot of the listeners may be aware of you, but do you have a website that people can find you on? I do. I will be really honest. The website is technology is, is not my forte. And I know that is a thought. Hannah has actually coached me on that thought many times. So it's wisdomwellnesscoaching.net not.com. And I'm on on Instagram. I'm Mama Jane 25 Facebook. I'm on Jane Snyder. They can DM me privately. And I have a link, which we'll put in the show notes for what we call discovery calls. It's just a simple, you know, appointment to see how I can help. And if we're a good fit, if I'm the coach that you need for the this time period, because like I said, I mean, there's so many of us coaches and we have so many different gifts and talents and and different things. So, right, and maybe people are, are aware or they're not aware. Is there a cost associated with discovery calls? No, no, no. Discovery calls is just kind of like, hey, let's have coffee on the internet because you might be somewhere else in the world. Which currently, all my clients are not local. I have one client that is local, but it is nice to be on Zoom because she can be in her home, snuggled, especially as it, we get colder and. And I can be in my home. So everything is online on Zoom. But there's an intimacy I have discovered through that as well. So yeah, so they can, wherever they are, Germany, England, Australia, as long as you speak English, because my Spanish isn't that great. And and like I said, it's primarily, of course, women. You you don't have to have a cycle, even though I I focus on billings, but postmenopausal and menopausal women are also finding me and realizing that the coaching aspect is what they really need and how how much um, mm-hmm. the help. Every time I coach, I just am so amazed and humbled that people will say, gosh, just that one session really helped. I, I'm also one of the Metanoia Catholic coaches on my time is Mondays, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, you know, those slots, because that's I think that's actually how you and I met one time. I think I coached you, right? Yeah. Yeah, For for listeners, like if you're part of the Metanoia Catholic community, one of the things that you can kind of sign up for is like it's just a free 20 minute coaching call once a month. And and so it's it's actually very, very regularly encouraged, especially for other coaches, just to get kind of get coaching and just to kind of engage in that process, right? It's it's an important piece. And I think that actually just kind of reinforces how like as a body of Christ, we're meant to work together. And like, it also kind of keeps us humble, right? We're no, no, no man or no person, no coach is meant to be an island. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's actually how I, how I met Mama Jane to begin with. And we kind of had an opportunity to kind of grow from a relationship it, from that aspect. That so, yeah. actually, one of the things, one of the benefits for me of being a coach on Metanoia Catholic is that I do get to coach men because, you know, with my business, I'm primarily coaching women and I'm thinking women and things like that. And it's such a great gift on Mondays when I when I have a man and I've had I've coached a number of men and it's just a beautiful, you know, it's just a, a beautiful moment for me. And mainly because 
like I said, that memory, that, that memory that I hold dear on coaching, it was, it was a male coach that, that coached me. And like I said, the love and the space that he gave me, that for me is just one of those, like those Polaroid pictures of like, oh yeah, that's what I want coaching to be for someone else. Like that's, that's the desire. They could just lose it if they can. And I'll be there holding their space and, and reminding them how beautiful their tears are and how beautiful the Lord loves their vulnerability. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. All right. I'm going to end this up then with a prayer. And then I, I'm, I definitely encourage anybody who's interested or was listening to this, if they're in, like, they want to reach out to you just to reach out. Can you say again, like where you different contact ways of getting a hold of you? Right. So I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram, uh, Mama Jane 25. I'm on Facebook, Jane Snyder. I have a website, wisdomwellnesscoaching.net, and you can actually request a discovery call there, or you can just DM me, or you could even put a review if you desire on this. Please like and subscribe and do all the things for podcasts. Share it with others. That would be great too. Absolutely. All right. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, And may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you, whole, entire spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. May the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Jeff. This was really fun. I I appreciate it. And we will have you on our podcast and I will interview you and hear all. Oh, someday. Yeah. We got to be praised. Absolutely. Wasn't Jeff great? Thank you so much for interviewing me. That was really fun. And don't worry, I will have him on the show in the new year when he's ready to share with you all the things that he does as a Catholic coach. So In the meantime, if you're interested in discovering a little bit more about Catholic coaching and how I can serve you in this way, go ahead and go to the show notes and click the link for the discovery call. Again, it's free. We're just going to talk a little bit about what your issues are and how I can help you. You have a great day.